alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. A lot of NFL draft discussion as we're now two days away from the NFL draft on Thursday night. A, a lot to get to there. We'll discuss the, the lack of offense in Major League Baseball, uh, where Paul is bringing some numbers that are startling as they begin the season. That and much more coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour, where we'll talk Titans, Preds, Vols, and more. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Speaking of the draft, great draft odds for you right now with Trevor Lawrence. The offer for first-time users, 20-1 to 1 odds on Trevor Lawrence being selected first in Thursday's NFL draft. You bet $5, you win $100. Open to... Uh, the, the first player being selected on Thursday night. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. This is free money for you. For, free, for new users, fanduel.com slash OK360. You bet five, you won 100 if Trevor Lawrence is drafted number one overall. Restrictions apply. It's only available in certain states, but it, it does include Tennessee and Indiana for two of them. Fanduel.com slash OK360 for the Trevor Lawrence number one overall Bet five dollars, win one hundred. Gentlemen, good morning. How are we doing? What do I always say when I see an offer like that? If you're not doing it, I don't know why you're not using the the backslash OK three sixty to take advantage of free money. You must do this, and that's what you should what do. What do I always Trevor say? Give it to me, a frequent user. I I want. <laughs> this is too easy. We want the layup every day. Yeah, a lot of us were talking. Uh, three out of the four of us in this room currently: Jakob, Chad, me, Hutton. We're due to restock. We're, our, our funds have plummeted. We need a thing like this to reinvigorate our accounts. We need FanDuel to come up with some sort of daily layup. Like, here's your free money yeah, daily, for today. monthly. Give me a monthly uh, layup. Weekly. Let's, let's keep it going. Let's, and we're negotiating here, Paul. <laughs> come on. We need, we need more of this every day. Great offers like this. Let's make it happen. Uh, speaking of layups, uh, coming up a sampling of Isaiah Wilson's new EP titled Layup Lines. Wow. We will have that for you uh, a little bit later this it's hour. Rough. It's David rough. Reed has thrown up twice in the last 25 years. Um, We're going for happened, number three. He claims, no, he claims the second happened oh, as he heard during show prep. the EP uh, in preparation for today's show. So it's we will we will have that for you, former Titans first round. I'm the only one who's Isaiah not Wilson. heard this, right? I'm the only one who's not heard a single bar of this Isaiah Wilson. We like to save things for at least one person so we can get a real authentic reaction in the moment. What I'm going to do is tell Jacob just to turn the camera on me when it's time. ISO. ISO camera just to my reaction when we're listening to this live. It's going to be great. Expect the unexpected with the NFL draft on Thursday. We're going to give some examples of that coming up where if you look at the head coach and general manager pairings for the top ten, all the mock drafts have a consensus of who's going one through five, one through six to Miami. Uh, we're, we're saying some things are going to be crazy on Thursday because we don't really know how to predict head coach and general manager. Thoughts on that in a moment. But first, Paul, tell us about the, the funny dream that you had last night that had you waking up angry. I dreamed that I had made a takeout order. I, I don't know what the food was Chinese. or anything. I don't know what. We just had takeout Chinese, uh, finished the leftovers last night. But uh, I dreamed that I ordered takeout food. And when my alarm went off, I was furious that there was no food. <laughs> I was, uh, I w w intended You lived like, in both worlds, the dream world and woke up, and that dream world came into your real world. I was hungry, and I expected there to be food. 
And when there was no food, I was like, damn. This is, this is Chad's daily existence. Yeah, I needed food when I'm I woke up. I'm always upset when there's no food. And, and, uh, no, what the hell really are we not eating bled. right now? What's going on? Yeah. Reed's got to have snacks somewhere, right? Come on. Intern! Food, please! We, we live on I'd a strip here. I'd love like a nice, uh, what, it's, it's a 11.04 where we are right now, but I'd love a nice plate of nachos in front of me or something. <laughs> that sounds right great. Right now. Eating on air never sort goes Sort of barbecue nacho well. dish sounds really good. You're the best at eating during a break and being cleared to return from the break. I'm terrible at that. But I really did. Very mouthy. I, the alarm <laughs> rang, and I was up early because it took my sister and my brother-in-law to the airport today. Great three-week visit with my sister came to an end. Simon said last night, they're, they're leaving tomorrow? I said, yeah. He said, when's Aunt Corrine coming, the aunt from the other side? He, he, wants, he now wants a steady rotation a of family members coming through. Bed and breakfast. And we don't have any relatives nearby. So it's, the Koharski it, Inn. Yeah. <laughs> there, I, I, there is room in this There room. is room available. This really was a seamless transition from the dream of expecting food to the awakening, uh, expecting and being very disappointed there was no food. So, Chad, if you could deliver food tomorrow morning. I wake up usually at 7, not at 6.30. It's, uh, it's interesting how you uh, – I, I feel like you have a difficult time going from uh, your sleep phase to waking up to where it all kind of crosses over. And it's, not like you're, it's not like you're awake and then you're immediately like, oh, this is real life and not the dream. But I have had dreams before where I'm eating or there's food in front of me. I just wake up hungry. I don't wake up mad that there wasn't food delivered to my home. But I do wake up wanting that food that I had a dream about. Teresa and I have both had legitimate dreams. I don't know if you guys have had this. We're, we're pissed off at she's been pissed off at me or I've been pissed oh, off yeah. at her for something that happens in the dream. And it's really hard to get rid of it. I'm like, I am unreasonably angry with you, and I understand it was a dream, but I'm having trouble getting past that it. That happens. And the, the other thing that happens is it's like I will wake up and not know, like, did I dream this was a, a sports report or did this actually happen? Like, did did so-and-so... Get traded? Yeah, get traded. <laughs> uh, did they get injured in practice yesterday? Like, did, Or am I just making this up based on a dream that I had really that I don't with. really remember? I think a new segment of the show should be Hutton Dreams. And you just come in with a fake report that you may, may or may not be real. You just come <laughs> in and you say, the craziest thing that I saw yesterday was this. <laughs> and then we have to tell you whether or not we break the news. You don't go back and look at it the next morning. We tell you real or fake. He's going to be that, whether you had so a dream about it or not. This is very real, but it, it's going to describe Chad Withrow's own personal hell. Um, oh I, gosh! I, it, <laughs> and, and I think we're not Paul, talking about kids again, are we? No, I, <laughs> okay, I think good. no. I think Paul. Uh, I don't know if Paul would go for this or not. I have a feeling he would. Uh, Claire and I are going to um, uh, a weekend wedding uh, this weekend. We're going Friday and Saturday, and we are staying at a hotel that is dog friendly. Uh, half of the wedding party insists on bringing their dogs, which we are all for. We are bringing Brody, our golden retriever, which is you can have a hotel room and bring your dog, and no questions asked. Uh, <laughs> Chad, Sounds like a, a place I won't be staying. <laughs> Chad's out. Because i got a lot of questions. Chad, can you bring your I've gun? I've got a lot of questions. Chad, I don't like no questions asked places. i got a lot of questions. Chad and this. I were just in uh, Chattanooga a month and a half ago, and we had lunch right across the street from where we'll be staying. Um, Pump up Rock City. I, yeah, so so uh, didn't see a single dog. Believe it, it or a not. brand new, brand new hotel, and uh, can't wait to stay there. My point is, Paul, do you, what do you think Chad would do in a setting like this, like checking into a hotel and then realizing, oh, this is a pet yeah. friendly hotel? Now this is difficult because uh, this would depend on uh, the refund policy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. 
if you could get out of the money, you would change hotels immediately. But if there was some kind of thing where you had to, you could only says, get a nope, partial partial <laughs> refund. This <laughs> is like me at the Naked Gay Resort in Key West. Uh, my first thought was that I would have had the same reaction you had at the nude gay resort, <laughs> is that I, I would have showed up and said, well, this isn't happening, so I'll be taking my we, money we back. Actually Let's stayed. We actually Let's stayed. We just got a room with two beds. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of alternatives. Does this room come with or without the Cocker Spaniel? <laughs> I'm just asking. Is this the, is this the, yeah. is this the golden retriever suite? Look, I would have or? a problem with myself i like dogs i don't like barking dogs <laughs> and yeah, i don't like yeah. other people's barking dogs I, I i'm i'm comfortable staying with our dog you're right right Not your dog so much especially um, if he's barking at my dog and quite frankly you know the the, the wedding couple they have dogs that are very mild-mannered and will uh, they be in the wedding large, um i don't i don't know are they the ring bearers no idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm along i'm along to observe just like everyone else but uh we're gonna have a great weekend but I, I do think like 70% of this hotel is going to be straight canine. Yeah, I'd like to uh, personally thank this. Uh, we're mutual friends with them. I'd like to thank them for not inviting me. And for taking the dogs <laughs> out of Nashville. This does not sound like a fun <laughs> afternoon for me. Uh, plus, I'll probably be coaching t-ball on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not going to Any be dogs there. at the t-ball game, or is it a dog-free park? Not a lot of dogs. I mean, yeah, there's... there's I don't really look for the dogs. I'm more into the game. You know, I'm really focused on this T-ball game. Well, before the game starts, yeah, I'm not. I'm not noticing a lot of dogs. Allowed to look around. Yeah, most people leave their dogs at home outside. You know where I live. That's where dogs belong. Whatever became of your neighbor with not the indoors. big vicious dog? You chased him out of town. Uh, that dog died. At but, your under hands. mysterious, mysterious reasons. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't know how the dog died, but it's not with us anymore. Sad. Chad, not a big dog fan. Thank God. For those new to the show and for those old to the show. He's got a lot of fear. Uh, his fear feelings deep remain the same. I have a hard enough time uh, worrying about humans and uh, making sure that they're okay, so I don't need to add a dog into the mix. But I do believe that at some point that's probably going to be added to the mix also. So. Oh, really? Yes. The girls will win out. They will win. They will probably win. I and the dog wait will remain for a outside. Picture of you. Oh, yeah, that dog is never stepping foot inside. No, I the think it's going to be garage. a small, cute dog that nope. comes in the house, is on your lap. Perfectly medium-sized can dog. we take Fluffy for a walk? Perfectly medium-sized <laughs> Labrador of some sort that will be outside. <laughs> the Chad walking the, the dog around the neighborhood. And Big gonna, bad Chad can't play right now. No, He's I've, walking the dog. I've seen you know, Chad interact with Brody. He's been fine with the mild-mannered dog like it's i think it's the hyper dog that he's more see, like get finley, off me. finley here who you see here has uh, five minutes of hyper and then he calms down and now he's gotten a lot older it's much more mild let me be clear on my dog stance i grew Go up ahead. with dogs right i, I love dogs you grew up, up shooting my dogs, dogs. my dogs <laughs> my dogs were outside they had a coyote um, problem I, I mean I, I grew up in a neighborhood i didn't really grow up in a neighborhood but on properties where I had a dog who bit the tail off of another dog in the neighborhood in a fight, and that dog was later poisoned with antifreeze Whoa. and killed my dog. Vengeance. Devastated when I was a little kid that my dog came home sick and died because of antifreeze poisoning. Um, I have no Were issue with dogs. Passed? Here's my issue. When people treat dogs like humans. Oh, I don't like that either. This is my issue. Humans better than dogs. I agree. The value Mo of a humans. human life <laughs> is the, over that of a dog. In the Bible... God gave dominion over beast. A dog, whether you want Bible to make it a human or not, Chad. is not a human. Our fastest growing segment, Bible not, study with Chad. This is a problem right now in our world where we can just say things or this when it's not. Like, the sky is green when it's in fact blue, but that's my truth. And I believe that it's green and it's in fact blue. No, it's blue. You're an idiot. 
You're not telling facts. Dogs, not humans. Humans are humans. We treat humans like humans. We treat, I'm not saying treat dogs poorly. Treat them like a dog. They're a pet. They're man's best friend, but they're not man. Do you see the difference between those two? I agree with you on this, but the, I, this I still my like dog my dog. It's not I don't, a, I don't it's dress not a controversial him. stance. I don't dress him. I don't fact, uh, feed him people food. Yeah, Clay Travis is going to get a letter from PETA now for what I just said he, because I dared to claim that a dog is lower than man. There's it is a, beast. There's a song from Dad's Acid called Dominion Over Beast, in fact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, band a very catchy tune. I would pay good money to go see live. <laughs> I think they opened for Marilyn Manson the night that I was there, in fact. <laughs> Dominion Over Beast. <laughs> Jacob, what shirt are you wearing today? There's a skull. I can see, Let's see it. a spine, I think. Oh, I know what this is. That's Psycho Las Vegas. Psychofest, right? Psychofest, yeah. That's a what went on at Psychofest? Jacob has talked about Psychofest Can before we speak of what goes a, on there? A is festival it of sorts. Like a blood oath not to speak of it. Yeah, it's just like uh, like the band Sleep we were talking about with the 63-minute song. That that sort of group plays there. Yeah. And Dominion Over Beast had a hell of a set one year at Psychofest. <laughs> so you're never like, hey, I'm waiting until this song's over for a bathroom break. You just go. I think, yeah. I, I, I don't think there are bathrooms at Psycho Fest. I think it's just all a toilet. Sort of like we're dogs. We're getting back to dogs now, right? The world is the dog's toilet. Now, that's the way it is at Psycho Fest. No, not if you house train your dog. We are judging the draft based on the consensus of analysts right now. But it's actually really difficult to predict the draft, especially the top 10 overall, because of the uncertainty of these head coach and general manager pairings. We'll, we'll discuss the top 10 of Thursday night's draft and give our thoughts on what to expect or really what not to expect. That's straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, and Jacob Swanson making the show happen for us as we broadcast live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee at the Blackbird Studios and the Blackbird Academy World Class here in Nashville. If you want to go to school for studio engineering, audio engineering, if you want to be on the road with a musical act, if you want to tour with Jacob's band, um, or maybe you know you, you want to work for a music venue or for a studio, a recording studio. You can go to school for that right here in Nashville with the McBrides. TheBlackbirdAcademy.com is the website. TheBlackbirdAcademy.com. Beautiful facility, and we are very fortunate and uh, lucky to be able to have Studio G for Outkick 360. So there is the consensus of analysts every year. And look, they, these guys get paid to dissect the draft, scout the draft, talk to sources, mention different things going on, and what and when we discuss it too, what we think teams will do. But Paul brought this up late last night, and, and he's exactly right. It is especially tough in 2021 to predict what is going to happen in this NFL draft because of the new head coaches and the new general manager pairings at the top. We haven't seen certain ways that they will build their roster. We have not discussed or, or seen examples of how they trade in an NFL draft. Many of these guys, Paul, were going to be taking notes for the first time this NFL draft, this April. Yeah. Um, remember the Raiders' first draft class with uh, Mike Mayock uh, working with John Gruden? And two years ago, right? Yeah. 
and they were drafting second overall. They took Cleveland Farrell. Third, I think. Third or fourth. Fourth. Right. This was a huge, a huge, huge uh, surprise to everyone. Because um, he was rated more like 12th or 18th, you know, and he went third. Um, it's a great example. And, and so everybody was like, well, this is crazy that he went third. Well, there were a couple answers to this. One was, and Peter King brought it up, if Mike Mayock had still been in the media, Cleland Farrell would have been more highly regarded because Mike Mayock was one of the most heavily influential draft analysts there was. His voice would have rated Cleland Farrell higher, and so his average ranking would have moved up, and he would have been higher overall. He would have averaged out higher. But also, um, this, is, this is my thing, and this is why I have a problem with the draft, generally speaking, and, and there's a huge buildup to the draft. And Mike Silver, a friend of mine who writes and broadcasts for NFL Network, um, wrote a great column about this. It had to be, maybe it's 10 years old already. He said, we set this up, the media sets kind of the, the order of how we expect people to come off the board and how we rate people. Then the draft happens, and then we grade the draft against the order that we set. So what kind of exercise is this? We don't know the talent of the people. Then, then we admit that you can't really grade the draft for three years. Now we've accelerated it to two years, right? But So we set it up. We judge people against what we set up while we're saying you can't really judge it for two years. I mean, if you think that whole thing through, there's not a lot of sense to it. Yet... It's the most popular thing well, in the world. It's because there's drama to it. Right. That, there, Unpredictability it may, and drama. It may not make a bunch of sense on how it's covered because, again, it, it's very cyclical. I, I've told you exactly how this right. draft will be covered before it even happens. Um, Yet and, we and, eat it And up. we mentioned yesterday the report from Rappaport was that Mac Jones or Trey Lynch were the two quarterbacks to San Francisco. Headline at ESPN today is they like all five. Headline today. San Francisco likes all five quarterbacks. That's why they traded. He could have said anything. He could have said anything yesterday. Shanahan at their pre-draft press conference, and it's a headline. Anything. But but here is here's the real, and and you're you're exactly right, Paul. As we go through here, and we're not trying to say that we think that the Jags or the Jets won't take a quarterback here. Uh, Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke in Jacksonville will take Trevor Lawrence. There's a reason FanDuel.com is giving new users. 20 to 1 odds on if Lawrence is the number one overall pick, you, you bet five, you win 100. Robert Sala and Joe Douglas in, in New York with the Jets, they should go Zach Wilson. San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, we don't really know which quarterback they're going with. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, but they trade up, they trade from 12 to 3, and they give up a ton of future uh, picks in, in this year and two further first round picks. They're going quarterback. Taking one of those three guys. But here's where the, the water is muddied. Atlanta with Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. We expect them to go Kyle Pitts. That seems pretty obvious, but we don't really know how much they value adding a young tight end versus a future quarterback. Well, they could even know. go Sewell. They could go Sewell. And they could trade back. Could they trade back? Yes. And uh, they have no record for us to look at. Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin in Cincinnati, where it's really Mike Brown making the call in Cincinnati, but... Uh, Zach Taylor and Duke Tobin, Sewell or Chase in, and, in that. And Mike aspect. Brown has a long history of loving receivers. They draft a lot of receivers in Cincinnati. 
Miami, they have pretty good receivers in Cincinnati already, but they could use one. Miami with Brian Flores and, and general manager Chris Greer, it, it would make sense if Sewell is there that they're going to go offensive line, but they could also go Jamar Chase. Kyle Pitts, is he still available? What happens at Atlanta? Again, um, it, it's hard to mock that. And it's even conceivable they go Devontae Adams because of their quarterback if, if they're steering there to get uh, Tua with his guy. So here's, here's where it gets really Murky. crazy. Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes in Detroit. What, what do the Lions really do? I think many have uh, Waddle to Detroit, but that, that is just best player available for a lot of And they lost boards. their best receiver in uh, free agency. A lot of people have receiver as the need. For Detroit, so but they're biting off kneecaps. Dan Campbell, they're said, a terrible and Receivers team. don't bite off kneecaps, and you start from the inside out generally when you're a terrible team. Yes, uh, exactly. Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer in Carolina. Uh, Patrick Sertan is mentioned there. Uh, Rashawn Slater at offensive tackle. They used every draft pick last year on defense, and many have Sertan slotted to them at. At eighth but overall, there's reports yesterday that they're interested in quarterback. They even though they the have Darnold, that if if Justin Fields were to fall to that spot, that Carolina would draft Justin Fields. Their owner Tepper is hellbent on a star quarterback. If they love right. one of those quarterbacks, it won't be a surprise at all if they take the fifth quarterback, or maybe it's uh, the fourth quarterback, or maybe it's the third quarterback if the Falcons pass on cornerback. No, the fourth quarterback. Vic Fangio was on the verge of getting fired <laughs> last year. He's feeling the most pressure among these coaches right now. New GM. Uh, George Payton, who's the new general manager, taking over for John Elway, who's still with the organization. But George Payton is making the call. Are they going quarterback if Carolina passes on the quarterback? Do they take Micah Parsons at linebacker? Don't know in Denver. And then Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is always one of those wild cards, and he holds the 10th overall pick this year. There's a consensus, almost a consensus there on Sertain. But he could go ahead ahead of there. You mentioned him already once. They love Kyle Pitts, though Peter King consistently writes about how they've resisted temptation to go up and get some people that Jerry Jones doesn't love. Also, so you've got a bunch of GMs with no track records, which is helpful to those GMs. Like nobody has a book on what I'm going to do here, which helps make me a blank slate. Mm-hmm. might make you more willing to come and trade with me because you have no idea what I'm going to do. So that's an advantage. But beyond this, this first round board idea, Chad, there, this idea that there's any kind of consensus, I mean, there are always surprises, right? This year, everybody knows less about guys than ever before. And so I'm convinced we're going to see a couple guys go in the first that we believe, based on analysis, can analyst consensus are second rounders and we're going to see a couple guys who based on analyst consensus we think are first rounders slip and that's not that's not these teams being wrong that's us being wrong about what these teams think and team number one and team number 32 just whoever they are not in the draft order are going to conceivably have very different thinking on who's a first-rounder and who's not, on who player 60 is, is going to be very different from one team to the next based on what they've seen on tape and in these Zoom meetings and at the pro days because they have very little evidence and different sets of eyes judge different things based on what you need. Well, and so 
I've got quick, big questions about what Washington does, uh, what Chicago does. There's going to be some team, D- Denver we mentioned, that's going to trade up to get a quarterback. And it's going to reset a lot of different things. What's New England do? And they're going to give, yes, they're going to give up a lot. New England, Washington, uh, Chicago. Denver would be the easiest one to do so because they're ninth. So they wouldn't have to give up as much to move up, not as far as, let's say, I think Washington at 19, for instance, would have to move up to do. Um, those are big questions I have. I think this really tests every year uh, for the consumer what is news when you're talking about pre draft analysis. Is a Mel Kuyper new mock draft news? Is it newsworthy when someone says, if Peter King puts out a mock draft and says, I'm hearing on this spot, and they put someone in that spot, is that news? We've made it. News. Or is that is that speculation? They've made it news, and we've eaten it up it's to the, the degree that it confirms well, that, we've, it, that it is. But what, again, what we, this is where you can't bury your sources, but it really does help if you put, I'm hearing from someone around the GM, or I'm hearing from someone here about this. Because I can easily say I'm, I'm hearing something, but no one knows where that's coming from. But you also can't bury where you're getting, getting your but stories. But, here, here's the deeper so thing. So I just think it's, a, it's, it's always going back to the level of surprise. Someone drafts someone, and it's a surprise. Usually it's Seattle. You know, they draft someone at the end of the first round, everybody's, oh, my God, I didn't see this guy. I thought it was a third-round pick or late second round. I didn't think that someone was going to – that's not news. This isn't news to Seattle. They, they value this person as a first-round pick the whole time. It's news because it's not what you expected. This so draft, what you didn't expect is not news when it happens. It's just what the other team was doing all along, and it surprised Well, you. it's news once we find out about it because it's a surprise. This, but is it? This is the truth <laughs> That's what the about draft the is, news. surprising. No, this is the truth about the draft news. The media is in on the gag here, Oh, absolutely. which is they are eating from the palm of the NFL hand because of the ratings boom that ABC and ESPN are about to have on Thursday night, that NFL Network will have on Thursday and all weekend as they break down the draft, that all of these national websites will have, that we will have on Thursday and Friday with our live stream. We all play into this, and then the media, the national reporters whose job it is to report news, will say, yes, Dad, Whenever the NFL says, don't you dare report a pick if you know about it ahead of time before it's announced live on television. They're playing into the news, and they eat from the palm of the NFL hand because they're told to. And, and Peter, That's the truth behind and it. And Peter, uh, no, Albert Breer wrote yesterday, Monday, um, <clears throat> why, why does Kyle Shanahan mess around at that press conference yesterday and you know play around like any quarterback will do and and jerk the media around. He says, in part, he believes it's because the NFL mandates to teams, don't mess with our TV show. Don't mess with the drama and the hype. Here's, and here's, it's, it's great television. But they've built up this TV show, and you have all of the, the hype pushing into it, where because of the uncertainty at the top, we really don't know what's going to happen after the at first three, three picks. Yeah. You know what Even I find? at three. This is what I find interesting. Or at three, thing. yeah. You hit on this. Everybody's in on the gag, right? Everyone. It's never been more true than now because literally the networks are in on the gag. Everyone is. They're all together. You know, there's no big difference. There's different uh, analysts. They're not hiding cameras from each other. Three, four years ago, if NFL Network had a setup at a facility, ESPN can't use that. That's our camera. Right. There was actual competition. There's no competition. 
The NFL has mandated we want as many eyeballs as possible on this. We don't care where they go. Right. You may care ESPN. You may care ABC, even though it's the same company. You may care NFL Network. doesn't matter. We're looking at a combined number of people that watch the draft, and you guys are going to – you guys, gonna, it's like the scene in Days of Thunder where they get the two racers together, the driver, and say, we're going to get together. We're going to do this together now. We're going to have a dinner, and you're all going to come together. And I feel like all the reports sort of come together in the same way. Here's something else I'd like to see. Stop with the press conferences. There's we not we much don't need to hear from Kyle Shanahan to do a BS press conference. They're not saying anything. We don't need to hear from John Robinson Based on what Kyle Shanahan said, it's stupid. It's a charade that we're all playing into. The most obvious and dumbest thing he said was the national headline from his press conference yesterday, where he said, "I don't know if anyone's going to be alive on Thursday, so I can't guarantee you that so uh, that Garoppolo is going to be on our roster." Why are we covering this? If we don't know if you're going to be alive on Thursday, that would be my reaction. But to I'll, that. but I'll, Why I'll do you counter. Get away with saying I'll, that? I'll, BS. I'll, I'll counter you, Chad, and obviously I come at it from a different angle. But I'll take Robinson yesterday because there were a couple things. You know, I got more information on that medical thing, which for me was a post at PaulKuharski.com about the idea that the Titans may not have seen somebody like Farley in person. And that, to me, is an interesting nugget heading into the draft. Not every team may have seen the injured guy and get their own evaluation. So there's a good nugget there. He gave a good nugget on Anthony Ferkser, their tight end, and how he's deployed blocking-wise that tells you a little bit about what they may be looking for if they draft a tight end. So there are a couple small things there that on the local level are important. Are the big draft questions producing any answers? No. No, but anytime you can check in with the GM and get little things that, that help fill in puzzle pieces, a, a, a beat guy is going to take it, and a good beat guy is going to get some, some 80, things he can add. Let me, 80% let, me, of let, me, let me jump in, though, on that, because John Robinson is a bad example, uh, simply because I thought he actually sounded like he was willing to talk and wanted to be there in that. Uh, Mike Vrabel's a better example, who never wants to talk to the media and thinks it's all a big joke. And there's a lot of people like that. The Kyle Shanahan press conference. Kyle Shanahan, the last thing he wants to do is be there talking to the media, and you could just read the answers and see that 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 was the truth. So I want to get past this forced speaking era that we're in where people in the NFL, it's like, they well, we have to do a press conference at some point, so let's do it and let's talk. Hutton, you played us a clip yesterday of Dana White in a press conference. And I get that it's different. This guy runs a, a sports organization. The whole he approaches league. everything the opposite way. The, totally opposite, but also Which is terrific. I, I, I want to hear from people when they have something they want to say, when they want to speak. I, I want coaches to get out there after a game and say, I, "I'm ready for this because I want to address everyone with a few things that I've heard or seen, or talk about this player, or talk about this thing that's going on." I really wish we could get to an era where people, uh, coaches, by people I mean coaches, GMs players wanted to say something. I agree with that. <laughs> the desire time. to say something. Dana White is calling out newspapers. He's calling out other fighters. He's calling everything else because the guy has Refs. something to say and he wants to say it. I want people involved in sports that actually want to say something. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't like this careful, super careful everything, but at least but they're, it's not even they're that. Present it's, to I don't want to be account. doing this, you can tell. Yeah. But you got to have them to present to be held to account for things uh, uh, on occasion. Um, 
Certainly. A but lot who's of holding them are these people to account? Well, uh, there are people like me out there in every market. But again, when it, and yes, you ask some tough questions, but when has anyone been held to account by you? You ask questions to someone that they don't like and, and fans crush you for it. Well, I mean, no one's being held to account. Well, at least he's on the record having been asked the question and squirmed, or we know what his reaction yeah, well, is to being asked the question. I mean, it, and there's least, something to that. But there's, the counter to that is whenever they give us a BS answer about, oh, Isaiah Wilson was just so jolly, we can make fun of them for it now a year yeah, later. Yeah, like I, I want I right? to live in a I mean, that's I, the accountability. I want to live in a world we're going to play this Isaiah Wilson uh, rap ditty at some point, right? <laughs> I want to live in a world where I can put on a speaker, <laughs> hey, John Robinson, let's get your reaction to this. What do you think? And play it for him. Uh, and get a response. And Let's I go want, outside his window like John Cusack. I, I'd love for John Robinson to like well, say, you know, I really want to talk about this for a little bit. There's some things I want to say. There's some things I've heard that I don't like about this and some things that I'll agree with on it. And here's where we made a mistake, but here's also where we did our due diligence and it backfired. I, I want you to come to bat with something to say, and if not, don't say anything. Well, I don't want to have to sit it, through it's, this It's anymore. not even that. It's the minutia of you can copy and paste Eighty-five percent of any press conference in the league right now, and save it for next year, and tweet it out as if he's saying it live in it's April true. of 2022, and he will be saying that. He being a general manager or a head coach of any team in the league, every general manager is going to discuss how they're accepting, they're, they're taking phone calls, they're calling around to see what it would take to move up or down in this draft. That's their job, and they should do that every single year. Every general manager, if you ask them. Hey, do you like having four picks in the top 100? The obvious answer to that question is, I'd like more. I'd sure like to have more than four. Are there answers who for you out there at your positions of need? Like Absol- absolutely, picks. we see guys out there Copy who pace. can come in and help us right away and going to make this football team better. But there, there is a degree of the media is, is okay playing along with this charade because of the numbers and the clicks and the ratings and the eyeballs you know, that are going to tune yeah, into people this are event. Gonna, people this are going to click. This is a regular it. season event that takes place in the end of April every year. Yeah, people. Uh, Some it, people like it better than games. Some people like the draft better than yeah, games. Uh, the yeah. numbers show that uh, also. But, but, Which I don't understand. But that. I think that you just know, you know, we could, we could literally look into a, a camera and speak into a microphone and say NFL draft and someone's going to watch it. <laughs> I mean, you could just say NFL draft, NFL draft, NFL draft, NFL draft, NFL draft, over and over, and people are going to watch it. But taking it to the next level, I think, is what's difficult for Algorithm shooting up right and now. And, Paul, we talk about right. TV reporters a lot, right? And I'm, I'm just using this as a broad example. It's not just TV reporters. It's my it's reporters. It's my brand. It's the copy and paste questions. Yeah. They every just need sound. Conference. It doesn't matter what the sound but is. It's, they it's need not sound. Even, it, it's, but you also just need copy. Like You just need words. Yeah. You could go and put a tweet. Um this NFL GM says this about gut instinct versus evaluation or whatever it may be, and that's going to be read or it's going to be listened to or it's going to be viewed, and you know that going in, so it's very easy to do it. And I'm not going to sit here and fight back with people that's doing something that's smart because you know people are going to click on it. I think the challenge is going to the next level. And, Paul, I think you do a good job with your questions a lot of times of trying to find something different and trying to write something different. But I'll pose this question to you. You listen to Dana White in a press conference, does part of you not think, it would be really interesting to cover the UFC, even if I don't like the UFC? Yes. Because I'm covering someone like this in a press conference, and when you can ask a follow-up question to someone telling the Las Vegas Review-Journal to bleep off, 
That's a heck of a lot better follow-up question than a lot of the garbage you're given in an NFL press conference. Oh, right? I would, I would love to be in position. I would love to be in position to have <laughs> yes. that sort of dialogue with somebody. But I also think that when UFC hits a certain level of of mainstream, yeah, I don't think so because I think that's part of their bit. Right, uh, they're always going to be that way. I agree too, but. Sports in general, when you hit a certain yep. level, you then down. your your appeal becomes different, and you want to appeal to a broader audience, and the broader audience uh, maybe doesn't like that conflict, right? So there's a certain audience that UFC has absolute hold of that loves that. But if you grow beyond that audience, then do you have to ease up on that? Mm. We know those are the calculations that big businessmen like Dana White are making and that Roger Goodell's predecessors made a long time ago. How did, but help me with this. How did we get to a point where the tipping of picks, which is news and valuable Jay Glazer do it? Valuable information. Uh, that, uh, Jay Gla- I, I, we're talking about the best reporters in the National Football League who have agreed not to report uh, news. Well, it's not Adam them. Schefter, it's their, their boss. King. As if they don't know in advance yeah. who teams are taking on draft night. They have agreed I think not they hate to it. tip picks. I think the reporters hate it. Their bosses are dictating it, and, the, uh, and that's think, the TV I think, contract I know. thing. Jay Glazer, though, has gone against to. it sometimes as a, as a Fox guy and been a rebel. I don't know what will happen this year. I don't remember what happened last year. I, I prefer I don't recall him doing like, it Go last report. Year. He's done it in the big... past. In the past, he's gone against it at least one year. No one's gone against it recently. Uh, I, the, no one's been doing it because they'll get reprimanded. I do think that there is a big, and I, I don't fault the NFL for this in a lot of ways. It makes for the TV show. I do think fans it, generally it makes, prefer it. It's also they're too big to fail. And if you're as fat and happy as the NFL right now, there has to be a mentality of just don't screw this up. Right? Let's just not screw this up. Let's not take a stance that's going to uh, alienate people. Let's give the fans exactly what they want. Um, let's appease the journalists out there by holding a BS press conference so at least they can say that they had something and they got to ask questions. And then everyone that's involved in the league, and I'm going with GMs and head coaches also, they're not really going to show their true personality because I do think when you get to that point, Paul, and you can speak to this, Probably better than I can. It's you don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess up this gig. I don't want to say anything that's controversial. I don't want to get myself in trouble. And I think that's the mentality of the NFL sometimes. And I don't think it leads to a more entertaining product. I think it leads to a more watered down product that maybe appeases the yes. masses. And they know that we're hooked, they know we're watching. Football is king in America. And when you can marry NFL and college football, we're watching. So it really doesn't matter what they do. It's just let's just not shoot ourselves in the foot with this. And that's typically the mentality. Let's go beyond the draft, all right? When uh, the Titans had their big COVID shutdown and they were the first of a few teams, but they were the first. And so it was a monumental story. Now, I don't like to be driven by what other people are doing. And so I'm not a reporter who has alerts set up on his phone for every mention of the Titans. But at that point, I set alerts for Schefter and Pelissaro from NFL Network because Rappaport was suspended. He was suspended for, for some endorsement thing. It's amazing how Pelissaro was doing just as well as Rappaport during that <laughs> stage, by the way. And I'm not sure that Pelissaro hasn't passed Rappaport, by the way. By the way, I'm pretty sure it was a Manscaped ad. 
that got him in trouble. Oh, that's I think right. So too. Yeah, I think so too. Friends Which, by the way, all. there's a box right over there. Terrific product. <laughs> <laughs> Just since there we go. Look okay, so great. I still have those Man's alerts. Rappaport's very jealous of you right now. Landscape, terrific. I still hey, have hold those. Hold on, Rappaport. Uh, <laughs> Eat uh, your heart out. Yeah, turn the light on. Eat your heart out. Oh, it's yeah, on. Right. It's always so, on. So, um, <laughs> I still have those alerts set, and it's not that I I don't necessarily pay that close attention to the alerts, but when I'm on Twitter, there'll be a thing on Twitter that says, you know, Adam Schefter and Tom Pelissaro tweeted. Yep. You know, and call your attention to their tweets. It is boom, boom every time. Uh, Schefter's better, Schefter's faster, and Schefter more often has unique stuff. But you want to talk about the machine. You want to talk about the machine of the league, not just from the league side and the team side, but the agent side. 90% of the stuff that's coming out goes to ESPN and NFL Network. Boom, boom. Which one's the fastest typer? Clearly goes to ESPN more often first. But if somebody has something, the other one gets it very fast. Or they're getting it in quick succession. It's clear. It goes to one first and the other immediately following. And it's boom, boom. That's a machine. Now, these guys are great newsbreakers. I'm not saying they aren't. But also, oftentimes, here and here. You have it, you have it. And that's hand downs from the league, from the teams, and from the agents. The agents don't have the, the contracts with them, but they know who has the contracts. And that's a machine-like operation. That's a lot separate than actual news breaking, which they're doing also. I'm not demeaning them as news breakers. But if you look at their, go look at three days worth of their tweets about stuff, it's clear how it works. If it's not, I can tell you all about it. By the way, shame on Ian Rappaport for doing any unlicensed advertising for something. We've never do something like that on here, like talk about this ball deodorant with Manscaped or this ball toner with Manscaped. We would never do something like that if it wasn't licensed with the company. So I just think for shame, for shame. To get suspended You're suspended for a week, like Paul. I can only imagine with our Not temperament good. if we were told you can't tip the the picks if you know them you can't break news if you know the news in advance i would not handle it well at all i mean the the, the blood and pressure probably the risk. arguments behind the scenes would be at a all-time high but the problem i go back to too big to fail the response is do you like your job covering the nfl because we can see to it that you don't have that anymore and we can see to it that no one talks to you and we can silence you pretty quickly. That's what happens when you become a Goliath like the National Football League. And there are personal relationships that, that exist that the league or a team or a company can't get in the way of. Um, but, but they I, can I get in the way of you using what you get out of those the, personal the relationships. New, the, the, the outlets are paying the NFL. It's not the other yeah, way this around. Is, this is something that, that we were curious about. It's at a our, billion-dollar contract. At our old station with Titans Radio. Yes. It's, it's an inside-out The it, station it pays the mind. team, the but NFL the team has you, the control. And, and meanwhile, you know, it's a billion dollars over 10 years for you to, to have the relationship that you do with Yeah, us. so ESPN pays the league, but it's the league that has the power. It's an odd, odd dynamic. If I, I'm paying you for your product, then you should be beholden to me, the payee, <laughs> uh, the, the payer. Well, but the payee there's has only the power. So, there's only so many companies, media companies, and we can talk about this on the other side too, going back to that dynamic of we pay you, you don't pay us. 
We can tell you what to do. We make. We the can put. There's, only, there's still only so many, There's a lot of the money air. out there, but there's only so many media companies that can afford the NFL. So is NBC Universal going under because they only have one NFL game a week, and it's on Sunday night versus Fox, CBS, ABC, ESPN, and what they have? ABC, ESPN also. Are, are they struggling because they only have? You see my point. Like these companies still exist, and there's not a lot of other ones out there outside of. Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Right. But the that's thing gonna is, that's going to get in the mix with this. So how, how are you going to lose it? You are invested in the product, so you say, they say, "Hey, you've got a huge investment in us, so you've got to help us make us look good." And when you put playmakers on I the guess. air, that casts us in a bad light, and that weakens the very product that you paid these hundreds of millions of dollars for. So help us out. You've got to shine us up. Playmakers. You've got to stay away from from steroids, and you've got to stay away from. Betting once upon a time. Now go crazy with betting. But 10 years ago, don't even whisper about it. Speaking of betting, 20 to 1 odds on the number one overall pick, fanduel.com slash OK360. You can bet Trevor Lawrence to be the number one overall pick to Jacksonville. I think he's minus 1 million if you were to bet this. Uh, He's going to be the number one overall pick to Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bet $5 as new users at FanDuel have done. FanDuel.com slash OK360. You bet up to $5. You can win $100 if Trevor Lawrence is drafted number one overall. Coming up, the Titans had a first-round pick last year, and now he's in a music studio. Probably, well, we know it wasn't Blackbird, and it's not nearly as good as Blackbird because it produced the music we're going to hear, and Chad will hear for the first time next. So musical. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, David Reed, and Jacob Swanson making the show happen for us. Coming up in the Tennessee Power Hour, uh, after our rant about the NFL draft and how we all play into it, we can say it is franchise changing for teams, regardless of if they draft a player where the media thinks they should have or not. We will ask you to chime in on Twitter at Outkick360. We'll give our thoughts as well as we take a a, a look at a group of players that have been discussed for the Titans at 22, and we actually discuss whether or not we think they'll be there or not based on what others are saying uh, about the the mock drafts and the NFL draft and how good we think these players actually are. That's coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll also talk uh, Preds. We'll discuss the dilemma of Caleb Farley, who is one of the players we'll we'll mention in this exercise. And uh, Joe Milton is officially a quarterback at the University of Tennessee. No longer an offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans, Isaiah Wilson. Uh, He's no longer in the league, and he's no longer an O-lineman, for that matter, for the Miami Dolphins, who foolishly traded for him, albeit they swapped seventh-round picks. They traded for the guy. Uh, He is instead making music, uh, believe it or not, and he recently dropped his EP uh, called Layup Lines this past Sunday. Uh, on April the 25th, this went live on iTunes. And Paul and I have heard this. Jacob and Reed have also heard this. Reed claims he was, he was sick from this. Um, it's rough. This does, in fact, sound like Isaiah Wilson. And... It is really Isaiah Wilson. He, he goes voice, by uh, Gigi Bowser. Gigi Bowser uh, with layup lines. This is the explicit EP 
um, which you can find on iTunes. This is the single LMK featuring Te Guapo. Chad, your thoughts? The beat's not bad. Uh, I, is this rapping or singing? I don't know exactly what's going on. Is it like a rap-sing combo? You tell us, Chief. It's very. It's a lot more high-pitched than I expected uh, from Isaiah Wilson, for a, a man of his girth. But uh, very Muppet-ish. Very Muppet-ish. Uh, I could sense a little auto-tuning. My biggest question would be: <laughs> it didn't if work. You're, if you're going to auto-tune or overproduce something, why not make yourself sound better <laughs> than worse? That, it's almost like they took his bad. voice, which was already awful, and made it worse. <laughs> that is bad. Well, they auto-tuned it. It's made me, for some reason, think of a clip we used to play on our old show with Susan Waldman, also a terrible voice person, yeah. saying, "It's rough when he's your friend." Yeah, that might be the worst audio to ever be heard inside Blackbird Studio. Oh, yeah. I, first off, if, uh, I sang if Black John McBride Bird, had heard that coming out of one of the studios, John McBride, who is a businessman, might actually go in there and kick them out of his studio <laughs> because he can't have that reputation well, of housing someone with so little talent. Isaiah Wilson can't afford time in any of these studios <laughs> I would any, hope. any longer. I would hope not, but who knows? I sang Blackbird earlier during a break. It was better than that. I would agree. Would David Reed David agree? Reed, David Reed, who hates my singing. Paul Koharski's version of Blackbird versus whatever that was we just heard from Isaiah Blackbird Wilson. Blackbird singing in the dead of I night. first saw that's the first time I've ever heard the song Blackbird. Not familiar with that, but it's Beatles pretty classic. Cool. If we could give Paul some auto-tune, that Take might these help. Broken plus, we need, to, we need to make sure that Isaiah Wilson has been tested for sleep apnea, because sometimes it comes through in your voice that you have. <laughs> like, sleep apnea has an accent. And that accent is definitely, uh, you can hear it in Isaiah. Does it sound like you? It sounds like this. Yeah. So, the Sounds of Sleep Apnea is another great name for a band that I think played at PsychoFest the year that Jacob Swanson was there Maybe also. just Sleep Apnea. Just Sleep Apnea. As a band name. Um, Patrick on Twitter says, getting a lot of reaction to Isaiah Wilson, the rap of Isaiah they Wilson. They love it. Isaiah's rap sounds like me trying to sing at church on Sunday after I screamed all day at the Vols on Saturday, <laughs> says Patrick. Uh, Travis says, it's rapping and singing combined, or as I like to call it, crapping, is what he said. It was a weird mix of, uh, of, of like trying to carry a melody. I think, or, or sound good singing while also rapping. Look, here's a problem, a broad problem with athletes and music. 98% uh, of athletes who think that they could, uh, Sha Shaquille O'Neal, a much greater athlete and a much greater musician. <laughs> yeah, he really is. It's saying, it's saying a lot. Than Isaiah Paul, Wilson. Get, it is better. Just, uh, we won't play these. Yeah, uh, cool. Just give me your thoughts on which one you think is the best uh, single from the EP entitled Layup Lines. Tears opens all tracks. Um, all, all of these, by the way, have the explicit Is that lyrics. one title? Tears, tears opens all tracks? Tears, tears. Tears. Meep, meep. No Middleman, also featuring Teg Wapo. I wonder who Teg Wapo is. Like, Gigi Bowser is a player. Is Isaiah, is Teg Wapo, all, or is he just like the guy, like, 
I would uh, think it's a woman. Uh, is he financing this project? Or is he like DJ Khaled? I think it's oh, that, is it a woman? I think it's a naked woman on the car. Okay, uh, the fourth track, Up the Sco. <laughs> Not score. Up the Sco. That's what we did last night in T-Ball. <laughs> up the Sco. <laughs> we up the Sco. LMK, which we heard there, which was horrendous. And Homer. Well, I think up the sco is what Paul other teams do when Isaiah Wilson's on the field. <laughs> <laughs> they up the sco. I think meep meep is the sound a Muppet makes, and he sounded like a Muppet. <laughs> Let me talk to you about athletes and music. Okay. Uh, this starts, for me, in, in my sport fan, my sport attention career huh? with Shaquille O'Neal, like, who was once asked, like, what would you do if you didn't play basketball? He said, oh, I'd be a rapper with no sense of awareness that the only reason he had any chance to be a rapper was because he was a basketball star. If Shaquille O'Neal was a regular Joe off the street, no one ever would have given him a chance to record any rap music because he had no talent as a rap musician. And that is the case with 98% of athletes. They have no musical talent. They've already been blessed with one giant talent. It's a talent that lets them be a professional athlete. What are the odds? that worlds have collided and you have two spectacular talents and you're worthy of being a recording artist and a professional athlete. These two things don't happen. These are two humongous dreams. Nobody gets to live out one of these dreams. Very few people get to live out two of these dreams. Tajay Sharp once said, stay your lane. And then he went out of his lane to be become a recording artist, at which he was terrible. He was much better. He was a much better. Be he's better. much better than this. Anybody's much better than this. Look, anybody's much better than this. But these guys are all delusional that they're somehow talented musicians. You're not. Play football. And if you have a little hobby at home, that's fine. But don't <laughs> pretend people are going to buy it. Let me tell you about Gigi Bowser. Under a thousand listens of all of these songs with a reason. They suck. <laughs> they suck. You also sucked at football. We're helping to uh, add to those listens, though, I will say. Yeah, but but it's goof. They're goof listens. You're not good enough to be a recording artist if you're a football player, a basketball player, whatever. It's a miracle that you've made it to the NBA, the NFL, college basketball, whatever. That's your miracle. Don't, don't be greedy and think you're going to have two miracles. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? No, no. It's... it's it's well said. But I will say this about Isaiah Wilson. I don't think he believes he's that good. I think he's, he's hoping he's good. No, I think he's hoping he's good because Isaiah Wilson he is lazy. A new income stream. And football is too hard for Isaiah Wilson. So he wants an easy route to make money. So he's hoping against hope that being the next rap star, is that's the lifestyle he wants to live. He thinks it's an easy paycheck. And he wants to do nothing but do whatever it was he was doing in that track and collect a, a check for panda. it and go party. That's what he wants to do in life. And he feels like, well, this is the easiest route to do so because football's too All hard. All right, well, let's have a little contest here because football didn't work and it was hard. This isn't working because it's easy, even though it's easy. So what's the next easy thing he can try? Because this one isn't going to work. So Drugs. tweet us. What's <laughs> reality TV? Drugs. Is the is the show Intervention still on? Maybe yeah. he could be a star on that one. Uh, that's about the only show he could make right now. I mean, I'd say reality TV star would be the next. Drugs. He could have a corner. Jake Paul. <laughs> could he go fight someone like Jake Paul? I would love to see Jake Paul knock him out. How amazing! Would a lot of fat that. to protect him. Would love that. Right. I mean, he's got this that dude couldn't block thing. on an extra point. Oh, uh, you don't have to tell me. I filmed it. <laughs> 
I love that response. You don't have to tell me. I, I, I filmed it. <laughs> I mean, I rewound specifically <laughs> to that extra point. Jacob, gave uh, me one. you're the music expert in this room. I Leader of Dad's that. Acid, yes. the famous band. Your thoughts on the EP from Isaiah Wilson. Hey, you had no idea who Isaiah Wilson was before you started the show, correct? No, I did not. He still does Absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> now, and you actually had a rap project at one point, correct? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> the, what, what was the name of it? It had a good ask. name. I remember it had a good Mount name. Royalty. <laughs> yeah. uh, why, why the urge to go into rap? It doesn't seem to be a genre fit. It's hooks only. It's, you know, it, uh, bangers are a real thing. It's undeniable. Uh, <laughs> so it's the, the get-rich-quick method for Jacob. Is that the idea? Uh, complete cash grab. Okay. How did it go? I can't. Well, I can't say the only song that I wrote for that project on air, so it's kind of tough to market. Right. How much cash did you grab? Absolutely zero. <laughs> uh, I, Isaiah Wilson's doing substantially better. <laughs> it's hooks only. Oh, oh it's the best. Isaiah Wilson's doing substantially better. The Tennessee better. Power Hour on Outkick 360. Hang with us.